If you're like me, you don't always have time to sit down and read news articles. And it would be great if someone could read it to you in like, you know, a natural human voice and not sound like a robot. Well, there's Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles from the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. So you don't have to sit there and scroll. You just get to listen, and it's great as you drive down the road or, you know, you're doing chores or whatnot. They also have podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from, well, over 40 countries. Guess what? Our podcast, The Better Utopia, it's on there too. Download and use Newsly for free now from the website www.newsly.me or go to the link in the description. If you use the promo code UTOPIA, U-T-0-P-1-A, you can get one month free premium. That's one month free. This is A Better Utopia, an audiobook podcast written and produced by Counterculture Rebellion, read by the author. Dedication. Chapter 8 is dedicated to the members of the Facebook group Pod People. Thanks to all of you who have answered my questions and given me great advice on how to make this podcast better. A special thanks to Naomi and Sean, who are always there to answer my questions and give me great suggestions and tips. Last time on A Better Utopia. Agent Miller reveals Jacob and Rebecca's past and uses the information to blackmail Jacob or risk his sister and himself imprisoned. Rodriguez, Uliam, and Finnegan fracture over a heated argument. Martin is killed trying to save Hannah as she is stolen by the monster who broke into the mayor's home. I don't care what it takes or what it costs. Just please find my Hannah. The mayor buried his face into his hands, trying to hold the flow of sorrow from spilling out. Agent Miller bit hungrily into his toast, then forced it down his throat. Hopefully the poor girl is still alive. He rolled his eyes in a look of annoyance. We tried everything we could last night, but it's as if they simply vanished. After the horror of Martin's death, we chased the monster into the night, trying to find the beast and Hannah. The trail led us to the forest just outside of town, next to the road that leads up to the polling station. Agent Miller called off the search, explaining how foolish it would be for us to follow them into the night and into the woods. It would be best to come back after breakfast the following day. The mayor protested and even tried to go into the woods by himself until Agent Miller handcuffed the man and brought him back to the inn then locked him into a room for the night, threatening him that if he left, he would lock him up in prison, and his daughter would not want that. The mayor looked as though he had not slept a wink last night, but I'm sure we all looked the same because Miller charged us to clean up the mess left by Martin, as he put it. It took everything in my power to not kill Miller then, 
although I may have to wait in line at this point. We spent most of the night cleaning up the blood and wrapping the headless body in a blanket we found from the closet underneath the stairs of the house. Martin may not have been the funnest person to be around, but he was a good person and a good man and deserved way better than this. We then took Martin's body down to the town morgue and stumbled into the inn right as first light barely peeked over the sky. I think I got a total of two and a half hours of sleep after that. Looking around, I could tell the rest of the guys were feeling it too, as each man guzzled their coffee and had dark circles under their eyes. We'll find her, Rodriguez blurted out, interrupting Miller's droning about how finding Hannah was next to impossible. Miller gave an evil eye at him, but Rodriguez only returned it with a much more evil glare. He too was tired of Miller, and probably would have been my competition to kill the man. Yes, we'll do our best, Mayor. Mayor bit again into his toast while side-eyeing Rodriguez. Anyways, you should go to bed and get some rest. This town needs your leadership. <laughs> and you won't be a good leader looking like that. I mean, you look like complete horseshit. Miller's lips curled up slightly as he pointed at the depressed man. We'll continue our search right after breakfast, so don't you worry. We will find your Hannah. Now, go off to bed. He waved the mayor off like one of those people who would wave off an annoying child. The mayor, not having an ounce of strength to put up a fight with Miller, trudged off to his room with silent tears streaking his cheeks. <sighs> now that that blubbering fool is gone and we don't have to deal with him, I can tell you gentlemen what my plan is. Miller briskly wiped his face with his paper napkin, then set it down. We are going to catch one of the beasts. I've been tasked with taking one of these things back to Washington, D.C. He looked around to watch the shock in our eyes. He seemed to almost delight in it. How in the absolute hell are we going to catch one of those things? You saw what the big one did to Martin. The small one, well, it's too fast and way too clever. You're out of your damn mind, agent. The words seemed to just vomit out of my mouth. I'm not sure if it was the lack of sleep or the fact that I was tired of Miller, but my words came out with a bite. Miller, on hand, took it pretty well. And by well, I mean that creepy smile of his, the one that shows all his teeth like a dog growling, was plastered all over his face. I was hoping someone would ask. Cold iron. Miller reached under the table and pulled out a set of iron chains. From all the intel I have, cold rolled iron is effective in restraining these sorts of creatures. In some cases, makes them weak as babies. Rodriguez interrupted. And what's supposed to get those creatures? How, jackass? Ask them to politely put them on? Should I try to lasso them with those chains? Sounds like a root and tootin' good time, Patna. He slammed his hand down on the table, which made the plates of food jump. Miller's smile slightly faded, and his left eye twitched ever so slightly, like he was suppressing some sort of murderous rage. No, you shoot them with this. He dug out his pocket, and pulled out small iron shot, also cold roll, and it will weaken them. You can't shoot, right? Or are you too scared to face those things? Rodriguez snarled something, but his rage made the words incoherent. He shot up from his seat, which threw the chair back onto the floor. What? I didn't quite hear what you said. Now sit down, Mr. Rodriguez. I didn't think you would get so emotional over a little playful banter. Miller set the shot down and slid it towards us. 
Rodriguez didn't sit, but his demeanor was a little softer. There's only six shots. It will have to be enough, won't it? So don't miss. The morning air was cool, and a light dew had set upon the grass. Birds sang in the trees, and small squirrels scampered about the edge of the woods. Nothing in this picture-perfect scene would seem terrifying, except for the giant humanoid footprints that led into the trees. Agent Finley, how good are you at sketching? Miller, who had bent down to look at the prints as if getting closer would somehow unlock more secrets. Um, I'm not really an artist... Jacob shuffled, looking for some blank piece of page. Do your best, you complete waste of air, or I'll haul you and your family off with me. Wonder how you, with such a handsome boy face, would face a, a federal penitentiary. The smile again reappeared on his face, his voice ringing out in a sing-song way as if he had given the man a compliment. Jacob swallowed an angry lump in his throat and began to draw. He then held up the work to Miller, who scowled like a disappointed teacher. I guess that will do. Now, gentlemen, this here revolver. He pulled out a shiny revolver. It was quite a piece of artwork. It had silver engraving on the blackened barrel and the frame of a gun as well. Its handle had some sort of polished animal bone with a half-naked woman etched into it. Hold six rounds of cold iron. Rodriguez and Dunn, you will carry the chains. Finnegan, you are to pull up the rear of security with me now, shall we? What about our cold iron bullets? I asked as I grabbed the heavy chains from Miller. Our discussion earlier showed me how emotional and unpredictable your lot is, so I'll hold on to them. Like I said, we can't afford to miss. The forest inner workings were quite different than the outer area. There was less birds singing, less happy little squirrels, and the light grew darker and darker as we followed the tracks of our prey. In fact, at one point, we stopped seeing any kind of wildlife anywhere. The whole forest had gone quiet, except for us. Miller did not seem to care or worry, but the rest of us were treading carefully as not to make noise or draw attention to our group. Then the brush started becoming thicker and made being quiet near impossible. I was amazed that the beast could had not cut some sort of path for us. Eyes were poked, cheeks were scratched, and men cussed as we pushed further and further through the brush. Rodriguez swung his trench axe, trying to clear some form of path. And after hours of pushing and cutting and cussing, the tracks stopped. And so did Rodriguez and myself, who had been leading the charge. What's the holdup? Miller yelled, spittle flying from his lips. It seemed he was beginning to finally become fully unhinged from his constant barrage with brush, twigs, and thorns. A large bead of sweat escaped his bowler hat and ran down his face. The tracks stopped, Rodriguez huffed. Hey guys, just another quick shameless plug, or I guess in this case just asking for a favor. Spotify now has a rating system, so if you could give me a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else, it would greatly help me and this podcast be more successful. And, of course, share it on social media. Appreciate you guys listening. Now back to the story.
What do you mean? Miller threw up his hands in the air out of frustration. His normal slick, smooth demeanor was quickly fading away, along with the hopes of finding the beast. Rodriguez glared at Miller. If looks could kill, Miller would have melted into goo. It means the tracks stop and there's no more, or are you thick in the head? They locked eyes. More than likely, they were thinking of how to end each other's lives in some painful way. Miller's eye began to twitch again, but this time, more drastically. Hey guys, over here! Jacob called from somewhere in the brush. Uh, Jacob, where are you? Finnegan called back. We followed the sound of Jacob's voice that led us to a small dirt road hidden in the middle of the brush. If Jacob had not stumbled upon it, we would have never known of its existence. It was barely big enough for a small cart pulled by a smaller horse to pass through. What is this? This isn't on any map I've looked over, Miller exclaimed to no one in particular. He took his bowler hat off, wiped the sweat from his nasty, wet, bald head. There are also uh, more tracks, Jacob pointed to the dirt. There laid more of the giant prints that this time had smaller humanoid prints next to it. Uh, what are the smaller ones from? Finnegan had just emerged from the brush, trench axe in hand. Jacob bent down to get a closer look. My guess, it's a smaller creature. If it was Hannah, I would, I would think it would be going the opposite way. Sketch it then, Sherlock, Miller spit. Jacob looked up from the ground. He had a face I had not seen him since, well, Miller revealed who he was. It was the face of anger. It was the face of defiance. Like the time he demanded to go with us to get the hell out of Boston. It was the face of a man who finally found his backbone and had enough abuse he had suffered. It was the face of the real Jacob, not this spineless man before. Miller began to chuckle. That's what is going to set you off? <laughs> I have berated you and called you far worse than Sherlock. But this is what causes you to finally find your balls. How odd. Shut up, Jacob bolted from the ground. Shut up! Miller's creepy smile plastered on his face. He was clearly finding this all too amusing. You tell me to shut up? No, 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 no. I tell you what to do. If I say jump, you jump. I hold all the power here, not you, because I'm not the runaway idiot who left his job without permission. I'm the one that could have your entire family locked up, so I own you, you're mine bitch. Miller's smile remained, but his eyes were filled with rage. Now, make me feel better. Crawl around like a pig and squeal. I need a good laugh. Jacob's face was locked in a look of rage, but he was still trying to calculate what to do next. On one hand, it seemed the old Jacob, the one with the spine, was yelling at him to strangle this man. But, on the other hand, the spineless one, well, he told him to comply or he could get far worse. Oh, you don't want to do that? Then I'll find someone who will. I'm sure Lilith is around. You three are always sticking together. Maybe I'll make her strip down in front of the whole town and crawl around like a pig. Then I can get behind her and make her squeal real good. I'm going to shove. Like a twig snapping from too much pressure, Jacob let out a roar of pure rage. 
His feet left the ground, and his body collided with Miller hard. The two men toppled to the ground as Jacob first connected a hard blow to the side of Miller's now hatless bald head. I'll kill you, you bald bastard! You're dead! Jacob's fist this time connected to Miller's nose, causing blood to flow out. Should we stop it? I looked over to Rodriguez, who wore a slight smirk. Nah, Miller needs to get his ass kicked. And honestly, if Jacob kills him, I could care less. Jacob then sent a swing that was sure to make Miller's head explode, but Miller popped his hips up and sent the overcommitted Jacob toppling to the ground. There was a loud rip sound as Jacob's hand was still clenched on Miller's jacket and shirt, causing them to rip open. Finnegan stood behind the whole thing with wide eyes. All right, let's step in. We don't need Jacob losing Rodriguez's side. Everyone, stop right there. Miller screamed, blood running down his face and onto his bare chest. That's when I noticed a familiar medallion around his neck. It looked similar to the one that I had seen hung around Balaam's neck. It was the shape of a pyramid, and instead of copper, it was gold, and in the middle of it sat a ruby red eye. This was the sign of the Utopians. I was sure of it. Why are you wearing that medallion? I pointed to Miller's chest. Everyone's eyes followed my finger, even Miller's. I was just attacked, and you're wondering about a damn necklace? He grabbed it and tried to tuck it into his shirt, but that shirt no longer existed to hide it. We're wondering because that's the sign of the Utopians. You know the ones who have been burning cities? How is it that a federal agent is a part of the Utopians? I'm sure your boss or your boss's boss wouldn't like that one bit Rodriguez put his hand on his revolver. Miller was quick, though. He had it out before any of us noticed the man's hand move. The shiny metal gun still sparkled even in the dim forest. That stupid, gross, creepy smile formed on his face. With the blood running down his chin, it reminded me of Balaam's own grin before he attacked us. Well, gentlemen, (laughs) you could tell my boss or my boss's boss. They would only kill you, too. His creepy smile somehow grew to the point it seemed his face would rip in half. There may be still some in Washington that are not in the loop yet. Hell, maybe they're even powerful enough to do something, but you'll never find them. Miller then put, pulled back the hammer on his gun and gave a metallic click. So, who's going to make the first move? The big, brave, loudmouth? He pointed the gun at Rodriguez, who looked unimpressed. The spineless scientist? Come on, Jacob. I thought you wanted to kill me. You wanted to kill this bald bastard. Or how about you, Sergeant Dunn? You think you are fast enough to grab your weapon and kill me? No, no, no. None of you can stop me. I hold all the cards now. Thunk! The sound of metal hitting bone as Finnegan brought down his trench axe on the back of Miller's skull. Which split the man's skull like a melon, then ripped out as he dropped to the ground. His evil smile faded from his face for the last time. Damn, Finn! Rodriguez called out, his eyes as round as saucers. We all stood there staring at Finnegan, who was still clutching the axe in his white-knuckled hands. Finnegan just stared at the husk that used to be Miller in wide eyes. I think 
He was in shock or disbelief. Uh, is he... Is he dead? Finnegan's face began to take on a shred of green and red and white. The man looked sick. Rodriguez scratched his head as in disbelief that he had in fact seen what had happened. Yeah, killer, the, the brains are leaking out of his head, but I could check for a pulse if you want. Finnegan let out a sound that reminded me of whales calling out to its pod. He then doubled over and ralphed all over the ground. Ah, Finnegan, nasty. I turned my head away from him. You're going to make me throw up. What, what do we do now? I mean, we can't just leave him, Jacob protested. Rodriguez bent down and started going through Miller's pockets. Without looking up, he said, Oh, we ain't leaving Finn. He, he'll be all right. Most people freak out after their first kill. Don't worry about it. No, not him. Him. Jacob pointed at the body. What, him? Let the animals eat him, or better yet, the monsters. Rodriguez pulled out the man's wallet, grabbed the identification in the badge, then replaced the wallet in Miller's jacket. We just murdered a federal agent. We were... What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Jacob started grabbing at his hair. He looked like he was about to crack. Well, for starters, we didn't murder anyone. This was a scumbag utopian, and he was about to murder us, so that's called killing in self-defense. I grabbed both of Miller's feet. Second, we're going to remove any ID from him. Rodriguez, did you get anything that would easily ID him? I think so. We ripped out his dental work? Well, that might be a bit too much, but other than that, it should be pretty hard to identify him. Rodriguez then pulled out a gold pocket watch and whistled. Dang it, it's engraved in his name. This would have made a good trophy for Finn. He needs something for his first kill. Guess we'll have to toss it. He doesn't need a trophy. Now, if you're done, can you grab his arms? We need to at least toss the body off the road. Guys, am, am I a murderer? Finnegan had apparently stopped vomiting. No, Finnegan, you're not. Rodriguez, what are you doing? Rodriguez pulled out his knife. I thought maybe Finn would like, I don't know, your near or nose or something for a trophy. They will hunt us down. Jacob's voice was crackling like a pubescent boy. No, Rodriguez, he doesn't need an ear. Grab his hands. I looked over at Jacob, who is now as pale as Finnegan. Who will hunt us? <sighs> what about his revolver? Man, that's a nice revolver. Rodriguez pulled the weapon from its holster and gave it a glassy-eyed look. The feds! We are wanting men now. Jacob pulled out his hair. Tears were beginning to form in his eyes. No, we are not, Jacob. Now calm the... Boom! A sound of thunder rubbled the ground. Which was nice because everyone finally shut up. But was not nice at the same time because we'd all heard that sound yesterday and knew what it was. Everyone, shut up. Rodriguez, grab his hands. Let's throw him in the brush. Finnegan, snap out of it. You did the right thing. Jacob, shut up. You're not helping the situation. We threw the limp body into the brush. It disappeared instantly, as if Miller had never existed. And the only evidence there was, a body in the brush? Well, that was the thump when it made the sound of hitting the ground. Now, let's go. Where are we going? Jacob called out from behind. The fine hand at idiot. Rodriguez was right behind me, as always.
The light had grown dim. It was just not the forest anymore. The day had grown late, and the sunlight was almost over. The dirt road he had followed had stayed mostly straight and was lined with brush and trees. There was no telling how far we had went because there was no real destination we could see. Then we'd started up a mountain, and by that time we had lost all light. It had grown cold, even for early springtime at night. Most of the brush had gone away, but there were still plenty of trees to block a now-growing wind. Maybe we should turn back. We, we could have missed some other path. There's no tracks anywhere. Jacob broke the silence for the first time. No one had spoken to each other since the business with Miller had taken place. It doesn't make sense. We heard that thing last time. It had to be close. I was at my wit's end. Nothing about this made any sense. I ran my hand through my hair. Nothing that big disappears like that. Maybe it's toying with us. Rodriguez looked around in the trees. Finnegan spoke in between breaths. The road was definitely becoming steeper. I don't think the big one is smart enough to toy with us. What about that little one? Yulium, you said it toyed with you and Lincoln and even talked to you guys. Possibly, but we heard the big one. Maybe it can not only suppress sound, but create it. And besides, like Jacob said, we haven't seen any tracks. If the big one was here, where's the tracks? Finnegan bent down to look for no existing tracks in the brush. I looked out into the trees. The wind was blowing through them, enough to make the calm swish sound. It seemed as though there was nothing. Just us, this dirt road, and the trees. A lot had happened today, and I was quite honestly exhausted. I wanted to find Hannah, but the darkness was almost pitch black now. It would be next to impossible to find anything. Though the thought of going back pressed into my head deeply, that too would be unwise. We would easily get lost in the brush during the day, let alone at night. The truth was, we were already lost. Lost in these woods, and lost on what to do next. Then, something moved in the corner of my vision. At least I swear it did. I snapped my head in that direction. What is it, Riv? Rodriguez had seen my sudden movement. I swear something just moved over there. I pointed next to a tall pine. Ah, I, I don't see anything. Maybe it's just a trick of the night. Jacob nervously said. I hope so. Then the sound of wind stopped like a switch was hit. The trees still moved, yet the sound of the breeze was gone. I could still feel it on my face, but I couldn't hear it. What's going on? Who's there? Show yourself, Rodriguez called out. A feminine laughter broke out. Where it was coming from was hard to tell because the sound seemed to come from all around us. An evil cackle long and drawn out. Then as soon as it started, it stopped. We all drew our weapons out. Jacob with his rifle, Rodriguez pulled out a shiny revolver, and Finnegan with his trench axe, still stained from the blood of Miller. I pulled my saber out, which gave a metal song that gave me a little bit of comfort at least. This caused the creature to laugh even harder. It was almost ear-piercing. Then a pair of red eyes appeared in a tree that I had pointed to. Odd, they had not glown before but they now gave out light like two small flickering red flames. Do you really think that will do any good? The creature stepped up from the dark shadows of the tree into the dim moonlight. You would all be dead before you could muster a thought to pull a trigger or swing a sword. She pulled something out from behind her. Speaking of swords, here. 
She tossed a metal object to our feet that clanged onto the ground. It was Martin's officer sword. See? I can be nice. And besides, if I wanted you dead, I would have killed you as soon as you entered the forest. She drew back her cloak to reveal snow-white hair tied in a bun. It was just barely distinguishable from her pale white skin. It was funny what you did to the bald man. I'm glad he got what he deserved, and glad we don't have to worry about any federal agents sniffing around anymore. I kept my saber in the best defensive position I could, but what kind of defense do you try against a creature like this? You saw that? I followed you for most of the day. It was quite boring until you guys killed him. Don't worry, I won't tell anyone. My lips are sealed. She began laughing that spine-chilling laugh again. Apparently she thought she was funny. You were lucky I didn't leave before then. My brother was about to consume you all after you woke him up with your fighting. In fact, you're lucky he listens to me at all. Lately, he doesn't care what I have to say. I'm beginning to wonder if my brother is even there anymore. She pointed a long, thin finger at her head. Where's Hannah? Jacob blurted out. The creature shifted her head at an unhuman angle at Jacob. Hannah is safe. In fact, she's probably the safest person in a 20 square mile radius of here. What type of creature are you? Finnegan spoke, trying to muster some sort of authority. The creature laughed again, but it seemed more forced than actual humor. Creature, is that what you call me? I have a name. It was my human name, but you can still call me it. Victoria. Okay, Victoria. Why is she the safest? Rodriguez lowered his pistol, but only slightly. Because I've hidden her at my house in a cold rolled iron cage. My brother can't get to her, but he will be able to get to everyone in the town tonight. So I've come to make a deal. You take my sister with you in exchange for your group's safe passage away from here. What do you mean safe passage? Your sister? H Hannah? What's going to happen to the town? <sighs> so many questions, so little time. Victoria smiled that fang-filled smile, then churned. We best get a move on. This has been A Better Utopia, Chapter 8, A Head-Splitting Deal, written and produced by Counterculture Rebellion. Stay tuned for January 10th to find out what happens next in the next installment of the series. Want more news? Want to find out what's happening next? Like to see previews of episodes to come? Follow us on Facebook at A Better Utopia Facebook page.